Today we are concluding our study of the book of Ephesians. We are in part six um, and we've been going chapter by chapter. Um, So hopefully by the grace of God, um, rather, we will land um, the teaching today and we trust that God will will open our eyes to see as we ought to see in Jesus' name. Amen. We, we explained that when we approach the Bible, when in, in Bible study, in, in reading, you know, that there are two different types of translations in the Bible. Um, who can tell us the first type of biblical translation and, and the objective of the translation? Who, who can tell us... Um, Okay, there's a hand there. Uh, we have the literal translation and the dynamic translation. The, I, I said, I don't fail exams. I said the first type. And what was the objective of, just name one and the objective. The literal translation, yes. What is the objective of the literal translation? Okay, the objective of the literal translation is word for word, to understand the Bible word for word. Yes, and, uh, excellent. The, Thank you. You've done very well. So, um, uh, let's clap for him. <laughs> There's a lady in front that wants to tell us the other type. Ah, he has said what you wanted to say. Okay, who else wants to tell us what's, what's the other type? Why are you talking about Bible translations? What's the other type? He mentioned it, and what is the objective behind it? What, what is the thinking behind the, the second... Um, Okay, there's, there's a hand at the, that corner. Choir. Mm-hmm. Praise God. The dynamic Hallelujah. translation. The dynamic translation. So, what, what does what does what's the objective of the dynamic translation? So, in, the interpretation is um, thought for thought. Yeah, to do um, thought for thought. Translations, interpretations, dynamic translations don't seek to do word for word. They look at the sentence, they look at the phrase, they look at the, a paragraph, and they communicate the thought that this is what the writer intends. So they may use different words rather than taking a word and trying to look for what does that, what's the equivalent of that word in English, you know. And so when you take a Bible trans, a, a Bible um, translation, um, you should. Know which you are holding, and it will help you when you are reading it. You know, I mean, that's why some some translations appear more difficult than others. The ones that do word for word appear to be more difficult than the ones that do um, um, thought for thought. Now, um, so an example of, of, of word for word is the King James version, the Revised Standard version, the Young's Literal Translation, the New Revised Standard version. And, and on and on. And, and the example of the um, dynamic translation um, are NIV, the NLT, the message, the amplified versions. Amplified tries to combine the two, actually. Amplified is somewhere in the middle. Um, okay, so in, in chapter one of Ephesians, we, we saw in verse one, Paul saying, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints of the people in Ephesus. So we we explained that Paul was saying that he was an apostle. And we explained that everybody has a calling. Every one of us. And he referred to the Christians that were alive as saints. So every child of God is a saint. So you are a saint. You are sitting beside a saint. That doesn't feel like that. <laughs> and if you are not a saint yet, I pray you become one today in Jesus' name. 
a saint is someone that is bought and washed by the blood of the Lamb, standing only in the righteousness of Jesus. You're a saint. And we explained all that. In, in chapter 2, in part 2, we, we saw in verse 1 that um, God was saying through Paul to us that you were dead through the trespasses and sins. Through your trespasses and sins. And we explained the difference between a trespass and the difference between a sin. You know, and um, so who can, who can tell us the difference between a trespass and a sin? Um, when, so when God says that you have been, you were dead through your trespass and your sins, we, were, we are not badly behaved people that God was, is trying to make good children. We were actually dead and Jesus has made us alive. Praise the name of the Lord. So what is the difference between a trespass and, and, a, and a sin? Who wants, who wants to go? Okay, just put your hands up. Keep the hands up, please. Okay, there's a hand there. There's another hand there. There's another hand there. Okay, but let's try this one first. <laughs> Tell Tres- us. Trespass is when you cross the boundaries God has set for you. And um, sin is when you do not meet the standard God has set for you. Okay, that is correct. So, sin is missing the mark. In fact, that's what it means, literally, to miss the mark. It's like a dart. It's like when you're playing dart and you and, and you seen the bullseye, it means that you missed the, bull's, the bullseye, you know? That is what it is to sin. Um, trespass, on the other hand, is a boundary. God has placed different boundaries for, for different, sometimes, based on your level of consecration, different, um, each one of us, but everybody has a boundary. So when you cross that boundary, you have trespassed, you know? And, you know, when they say, when we're growing up, we used to have, Houses that had military zone, trespassers will be shot. <laughs> you know, so if you cross this boundary, you are on your own. In part three, Ephesians three, and we explained in, in, in verse 10, verse 18 rather, that God says and that we may have the power to understand as all God's children should, how deep, how wide, how long, how high, is love his. And may we experience that love. And we, we, we explain that understanding God's love, God wants us to understand God's love. But God's love is so deep that we really cannot understand it fully. But God is saying we can experience his love. So, and we explain that there are certain things that you don't understand, but you can experience. You don't understand it. You can experience. Sometimes your 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 experience comes before your understanding. So sometimes God is telling you something, you are feeling something, but you don't understand it. So after a while, you begin to understand it. Okay, cool. And in chapter 4, we explained in verse 14 that we will know, we should no longer be immature children and we should not be tossed and blown about by every wind of doctrine. God wants us to grow up. God wants us to be mature. God wants us to be founded in his word and not to be tossed to and fro. Oh, there's a new teaching here. Oh, there's a new teaching there. Oh, there's, you know, God wants us to be focused and to be established. And last week in chapter 5, verse 21, we explained that when it comes to a marriage situation. God says, and Father, submit one to another in reverence for Christ. So, husband, love your wives. Wives, submit to your husbands. Is rooted. The foundation of it is submitting one to another. So, that is the foundation of it. So, the, the, the wife is not the slave of the husband. The wife chooses to submit to the husband. And the husband should love his wife. And you cannot love her, the Bible says, 
if there's no mutual submission. You cannot submit to him, the Bible says, if there's no mutual submission. Praise the name of the Lord. And in verse 8, we saw last week that for once we were darkness, but now in the Lord we are light. So, it's big. We were actually darkness, but now we are not just in the light. We are light. So, when you enter an environment that, let's say, spiritually dark, you know, some, some places can have light, but it's spiritually dark. There are some cities in, in Europe, for instance, I mean, that you go into, they have light 24 hours, but it's spiritually dark. You can feel it. But when you come into that city, the word of God says that you are the light. Of course, cities in, in, in Nigeria also, you know, only that we don't always have light. You know, physical light. <laughs> you know, so I had to use the euro because they always have physical light. You know, I mean, so, you, you know, you, you can enter a city, you know, I mean, I was explaining to my colleagues that where I served in the north, that city, once, once I, I'm back from Lagos and I, and I enter that city, the, the, the principality as it were that governs that place. I won't tell you what it is, but it was, it was intense battle. But when I come back to Lagos, ah, it's as if I have fresh air. And God is saying that you and I, we are the light of the world. So we'll pick it up from there in chapter 6 of Ephesians. And we're going to read from the New Revised Standard Version. Ephesians chapter 6, from verse 1 to the end. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. And fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Slaves. Everybody say slaves. Slaves, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, in singleness of heart, as you obey Christ. Not only while being watched, and in order to please them, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. Render service with enthusiasm as to the Lord and not to men and women, knowing that whatever you do, whatever we do, we will receive the same again from the Lord, whether we are slaves or free. And masters, do the same to them. Stop treating them for, you know, that threatening them, sorry. For you know that both of you have the same master in heaven. And with him, there is no partiality. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his power. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh. See, the auto mode. <laughs> you know, <clears throat> I was just going to say that this, just this verse, you can do a whole series on it. Our struggle is not against flesh and blood. It's, it's big. That's what was going through my mind when I entered auto mode. <laughs> but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God so that you may be able to withstand on, the, on that evil day and haven't done everything. Stand firm. Stand therefore and fasten the belt of truth 
around your waist. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. As shoes for your feet, put on whatever will make you ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. With all this, take on the shield of faith with which you are able to quench all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the element of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the spirit at all times, in every prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert and always persevere in supplication for all the saints. Pray also for me, so that when I speak, a message may be given to me to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Everybody say ambassador in chains. (laughs) Uh, May pray that I may declare it boldly as I must speak, so that you also may know how I am and what I am doing. Tikikos will tell you everything. He is a dear brother and a faithful minister of the Lord. I am sending him to you for this very purpose. To let you know how we are and to encourage your hearts. Peace be to the whole community and love with faith from God, the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who have an undying love for our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. I'm sure you are blessed already just reading the word of God. For your um, collaborative Bible study, you may want to do a study on on Tychicus, you know, there are some names in the Bible that they are very powerful people, but, you know, they are not very popular, you know. I mean, from the book of Acts, you know, you see this faithful brother, you know, doing great things, supporting God's people and, and supporting Paul and, and the other apostles. So, just do a study on, on what? On who? On Tychicus, you know. <laughs> Again, we will attempt to go deep and wide at the same time, you know, and not just plunge too deep or just go wide um, and not deep at all. And God will help us in Jesus' name. Verse 1. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Now, this concept of Obedience is big with God. And as big as it is with God, God himself knows that anything that you leave for man will be abused. Everything, my man, I don't mean male man, I mean human beings. Everything you leave for the human being unregulated will be abused. Same thing with obedience. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. So, the, the, so we, we, we have 40-year-olds whose parents are quoting the scriptures for them. And I say that, I'm saying to you that you and your wife should not go on that vacation to Dubai. You're a disobedient boy. You're not listening to your mother or to your father. Is that correct? Is that what the Bible is saying? Okay, well, it may be correct if the, if the 40-year-old is still a child. <laughs> then it's correct. <laughs> you know? But you could say that once they are your children, they are your children for life. <laughs> the concept of obedience, which we are going to see, which is what God says next, is from children to parents, moves from when the child is under your roof, under your care, depending on your sustenance, 
It changes when the child stands on his feet or her feet, has her own family or his own family. It changes. The dynamics changes. But the underlying principle of honor remains. So what obedience means to a 10-year-old is different from what obedience actually means to a 20-year-old, even though he's still in the house. And it's different from what obedience means to a 40-year-old that is married, uh, has moved on, standing on ease of her feet, even if it's unmarried. But the key thing is not depending on the parents anymore. So, when you're talking to a 10-year-old, obedience is, you're a dictator. You know what a dictator is? A dictator is, you, you have, daddy says so. Mommy, I don't want to go to bed. Why should I go to bed? Because mommy says so. End of story. You are a dictator. And, uh, and that is how it is. That's, that's, <laughs> that is what. So you, it is very strange to have children that are 10 or that age that will not take instructions from their parents. It's very strange to have children that in that age and then primary school, secondary school, what have you, they will not take instructions from their parents. And we have parents that are making a lot of effort to be the friend of that. You know, mommy is your friend. So the, so the child knows that if you give me an instruction that I don't like, all I need to say is I'm not your friend again. And mommy will be panicking. Oh, don't, don't be upset. You know, mommy is your friend. You know, mommy is your friend. Something is wrong with that. Praise the name of the Lord. I am not your friend. Yes, I am not, but I'm your father. Take it. Why? <laughs> you know, no, 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 the point is this. We should stop trying to be friends to people God has given us to parent. Either physically, biologically, or spiritually. When you're a life group leader, you're a spiritual parent of your people in your life group. You have to make some decisions they may not like. If you're a departmental leader, you have to make some decisions people in your department don't like. Children don't always like everything parents say. But, so, Pastor, why are we doing this like this? Because I said so. <laughs> you know? So, it is, it, that's how it is. But as the child grows, maybe becomes a young adult, it's 20, even though it's in, she's, he or she's in university, they're just depending on you for supply, and they come home, and they, they're under your roof. If you're a wise parent, you will change how you relate to that child. Because that child is in transition. If you're a wise parent, you will change how you relate to that child. Yes, the child should obey, and their underlining principle of honor, which we're going to see. But the way you relate, you should begin to accommodate the child's independence. You should begin to accommodate the fact that the child says, you know what, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not coming home tonight. I want to be in the library to read. <laughs> you need to begin to accommodate that. You, you know, you, you can still say, okay, as long as you have to be back in this house by 10, you have to, you, you know, just, but you have to begin to accommodate their independence. When a child is not asking you for what to wear, is not asking you for what to eat, you should back off. You have moved from a dictator to a consultant. You have, you have become a consultant. You have a portfolio. So you open your portfolio of experience and you will add vice. And when you advise, you have to be humble enough that they may not take the advice. It doesn't mean they are disrespecting you. 
It means you have actually succeeded in raising an independent human being. It's, it's a plus for you if you're a parent. Really. If, so, and, and those of us that, are, that we, have, we have parents, don't feel manipulated. Don't be manipulated. Oh, you know, I'm so far on you. Mom. <laughs> Back off. Oh, you know how you, when your dad did it, was not there for us. Oh, how I paid all your school fees. Now you want to treat me like this. No, that's not the point. The point is, this is my family. You see, I'm trying to get out of here because of time. Do you understand? But I, but I, I think I need to talk about it. You see, when we confuse, for those of us that are men, our mother for our wives, or our wives for our mother, we are going to create a whole lot of anarchy. A whole lot. The love, you know, people say, okay, who do you love more? Do you love my mother? Do I love my mother more? Do I love my wife more? Wives are saying, you need to choose today. Between me and your mother. Mothers are saying, is it going to be me that I've been with you since you were born? Or this girl that just came? You don't even know where she's from. The issue is you are asking the wrong question. The question is, is, not, is it going to be me or your mother? <laughs> the two loves cannot be compared. They are totally, totally different. You, you see, you love your mother, she's your mother, you cannot, it's 100%. You love your wife, she's your wife, it is 100%. You cannot do 50% here, 50% there, it will not work. You have to love your mom 100%, she's your mom, and honor her and love her 100%. You have to love your wife 100%. The confusion comes with prioritizing. You must always prioritize your wife over your mother. <clears throat> no, maybe some people are like, Pastor, ah, no, ah, no. <laughs> what are you saying? Ah, no. It doesn't mean you love your mom less. In fact, if she's wise, she will be happy because she has succeeded in raising a good son that knows how to treat a lady. Should we close? (laughs) I really want to get out of it. I'm, I'm really struggling. I want to get out, but the confusion is in the prioritizing. You must always, everybody say always, always. Prioritize your wife. Always. You need a lot of wisdom. Not to make your mom feel neglected. A lot of wisdom. And God will give you. <sighs> Verse 2. <laughs> Honor your father. And your mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. Verse 3. If you honor your father and your mother, things will go well with you. And you will have a long life on earth. You see, like I said, anything that you leave to human beings, they abuse. But because God knows that the man must and children must honor their spouses and they must rather prioritize their spouses more than their parents. God knows that it's easy to dishonor your parents in the name of prioritizing your spouse. So God is saying, I am going to put a promise to this. If you honor your father, if you honor your father and your mother, it will be well with you. And you will live long on earth. In other words, if things are not well, the first place to check 
is your relationship with your parents. Take it to the bank. Take it to the bank. If things are not well, the first place to check is your relationship with your parents. Some of us, maybe our parents are late. You know, it's okay. God will heal you in Jesus' name. You know, and after all, God has given you spiritual parents, your life group leaders like, and <laughs> your departmental leaders. But the key thing is this. God will say, wives, submit to your husbands. And God will say, husbands, if you treat your wife shabbily, your prayers will not be answered. Do you understand? So that is God's way of saying, <laughs> putting balance, check and balances. So that, okay, this has to be in place, but I need to put this in place so that these people won't abuse this. So we have to honor our fathers and our mothers. You have to honor your parents. You have to honor. Honor is given. I think we've done a teaching on that. Respect is earned. Honor is given. You can't, you can't claim that, oh, your parents don't deserve. They don't need to deserve it. You give honor to whom it is due. It is due because they brought you to the earth. Spiritually, your spiritual parents is due because they are providing spiritual covering for you. You give honor to whom it is what? It is due. So we go quickly in an attempt to go wide. Verse 4. Here again, God is trying to put control. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and the an instruction that comes from the Lord. So you will, you will notice that you know the Bible says, "Children, obey your parents in the Lord." That statement is multifaceted in, in the sense that it means your parents spiritual, but it's more than that. It means your parents as long as they are in the confines of the Lord. It means your parents as unto the Lord. So, in the confines of the Lord, it means that if your parent tells you to do something that is not in the Lord, you are not obliged to obey. For those of us that, I mean, so for instance, a mom calls me long ago, and she says that, oh, that, you know, you are the only one, my son, who was a teenager, yeah, who was a teenager at the time, you are the only one my son will listen to and is disobedient to me. And I'm like, okay, what's the issue? And, and, and she's like, I told him to do something and he's rebellious, you know? I, I know this guy, I mean. So, so I'm like, okay, so what is it that, that you've told this boy to do that he would not do? And she went on to say, no, but, but I'm the mother. He has to obey me. The Bible says that children obey. I said, okay, fine, I've heard all that and I know the scriptures. What did he do? Bottom line, she got a call, a telephone call, and she told the boy to tell the person, I am not at home. And the boy says, Mom, I'm sorry, I will not lie. I can either cut this phone or just go far away from your phone. But I won't tell this person, you are not at home. And she was livid. She said, Pastor, tell him that he has to obey me. I said, I'm sorry, I cannot. <laughs> I, I can't because it has to be in the Lord. Everybody say, in the Lord. If your mom tells you to do something that is not in the Bible, don't do it. Don't do it. So, same thing. God is saying to the fathers, Bring them up with discipline and instructions in the Lord. Don't do it outside of the Lord. So we move um, very quickly to verses 5 to 9. And I'm going to read. Slaves, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling in singleness of heart as you obey Christ not only while being watched 
and in order to please them, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, render service with enthusiasm as to the Lord and not to men and women. Knowing that whatever good we do, we will receive the same from the Lord, whether we are slaves or free. And masters, do the same to them. Stop threatening them. For you know that both of you have the same master in heaven. And with him, there is no partiality. Now, as it applies to us, those of us that have house helps, and those of us that maybe are house helps that you are here, God is saying to the house helps, serve your masters as though you are serving Christ. And God is saying to us that are Oga and Madams that you should treat your helps knowing that Christ will treat you the same way you treat them. That's big. You should treat, I mean, if you just pause there and just think, some of us, I think it's enough. We are going to make a huge change in our relationship with ourselves when we get home or our drivers. Christ will treat us the same way or we should treat them the way we want Christ to treat us because we are also Christ's servants. So the question is, how have we been treating our helps? How, how do you treat your driver? How do you treat the people that work with you? Do you talk down on them? Do you treat them like crap? God is saying you have to change that. Do I get an amen? amen? You have to change it. Why? Because if you do not, you are setting yourself up for everyone to maltreat you. I want everyone to treat me well, with favor and kindness, right? I'm sure you do too. <laughs> God is saying, if you maltreat them, you're not putting yourself in a good position. However, this scripture is one of the scriptures that I struggle with most in the Bible. As in, really struggle with. And it's the fact that God was acknowledging slavery. And this is not talking about house help. This is, they were slaves. I mean, if you know the damage that slavery has done to humanity, it's unbelievable. Those of us that are dark-skinned, you know, have suffered the most. Even though everybody has been in slavery today, we have, we have people in California that are white-skinned, that are sex slaves. I mean, they take girls and they, you know, and, and, and some people quote these scriptures during the appetite. There are churches in South Africa back then that this is their scriptures. You are our slave. God says you should submit to us. And I, and I struggle with it. God, why would you, why would you, what's going on? I actually did a, some interesting study. I, I ransacked the Bible. What is going on here? They change your name. They say you are Toby. You say you are Kintakunte. You say no, you are Toby. They flog you, flog you, flog you. Until you say... They change your food. They change your language. They... Erode your economy. Mansa Musa, you know, the, the, the guy from Mali, was the richest man on earth. $400 billion at the time. You take advantage of your women and children. They suppress you so much that it's, it's I mean, honestly, while every black man should take responsibility for his life. There's no excuse for bad behavior. You should never be in mental slavery. Praise the name of the Lord. 
you are responsible to pull yourself out of it. However, but if you step back, you can see the injustice. It's, it's too huge. It's too huge. So when, when xenophobia was going on in South Africa, you know, you know, if you interact with the black South Africans, you will see that they, have a, they actually have a mental problem. They actually do have a mental problem. Killing, so it's not about just killing black people. These people need help. In the U.S., the same thing. The greatest crime against the blacks is by blacks. The great amount of death. They shoot themselves on the, on the street. They can't rise above the system. Why? Because the system is designed to keep them down. You go to Congo, for instance. The, 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 um, the guys from Brussels said, what year was that? That there will not be peace in, in, in Congo. Till today. How many years? 50 years? There's still civil war in Congo. And that's, that's like the story of the black man. And it has spread beyond the black man, really. Because the Asians are, are being enslaved today. The Westerners are being enslaved. So modern-day slavery is actually more sophisticated. And I read in the Bible, and God is saying, slaves, serve your masters like unto Christ. And he wasn't talking figuratively. I, I struggle with that. I mean, I have an issue with that. I'm sorry. How? Why? Then, I'll share my discoveries with you. <laughs> Hopefully, if you've had that kind of struggle, you can have some peace. <laughs> like I have, you know, <laughs> I've, I've found the peace from, from scriptures myself. What I discovered in reading the Bible and understanding God, the person of God, is this. The world is broken. And in some cases, God will walk with a broken system. In the fallen system that man created, slavery was the reality of the day. So in many cases, I mean, God will walk with a broken system until somebody changes it. And when somebody changes it, God will say, yes, that's the right thing. There are many things that are happening today that God is not God's will. Many things, if I, a whole lot of things, the, 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 the war, the terrorist attacks, I mean, it's not God's will. But God is managing the situation, the system, as it were, if you will, to bring about his ultimate will. And it will come to pass in Jesus' name. So, so I see from scriptures that slaves could be bought. You could buy human beings. Leviticus 25, 44. They could be captives of war. Numbers 31, 25 to 47. They could be subjects of debt. Like the woman, the widow. If you borrow somebody money, your father borrows money, he can't pay, he dies, they carry the children. As slaves. Not servants, slaves. And every child a, a slave bonds. If you have a chicken and your chicken gives birth, who has the children? And that is how human beings have been subjected. So, people can be born slaves. Genesis 17. <laughs> Abraham had them, 12 to, 17 to 13. Born in his house. The friend of God. I, I struggle with that. I used to struggle with that. And people can enter voluntarily into slavery. Exodus 21, 5 to 6. So we see here that the Bible acknowledged the slave status as the property of the owner. Exodus 21, 21. Leviticus 25, 46. They're all on the screen. We also see that even though the Bible acknowledges 
the slave status and the system of slavery. The Bible restricted the master's power over the slave. I mean, that is where God began to come in. He restricted the powers. You see that in Exodus 21, 20. If you, if you kill them, this is what's going to happen to you. If you mistreat them, this is what's going to happen to you. So God is trying to restrict it. Interesting. And after six years for a Jew, the Bible says, God says that the seventh year they should go free. In the other slave systems, there's freedom. You born slave, die slave. But God says, when he began to work with his people, okay, fine, if you've had a slave after six years, and the seventh year is the year of freedom, then seven, 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 then jubilee, you know, 50 years. So, when a slave is going to be free, for instance, he was to receive gifts that enabled him to survive economically. So God would put provision in place. So when I began to see that, I'm like, okay, God actually cares for the slave. He's trying to create a way out for them, you know. Even though I'm, I was saying, why didn't he just decree it, you know, that they will not, you know. But he's saying you have to settle them, which is also what happened to the Jews when they served the Egyptians, you remember? By the time they were going, he ensured that they collected everything that they have worked for. Everything. So, we could see the heart of God. That God is just, God is fair, God is faithful, man is mean, man is wicked, man tries to subjugate, God tries to set free. Praise the name of the Lord. So, so, so that was clear. And, and, you know, and slavery, subjugations, and, and injustices, the trend is that, if you, if you understand scriptures, the trend is that so, this, the ones God has chosen to work with until somebody rises and breaks it. When somebody rises and breaks it, God says, yes. That is it. So, certain systems on, of injustice will persist and God will work with them until someone rises up to break it and demand for justice. We persist certain systems of injustices. We'll continue. Remember the story of the daughters of Zelophehad. They are not, women were not entitled to old land. They were not entitled to old land. Do you know that in some part of even Nigeria, they are still doing that. Women cannot hold land. That is injustice. It's not of God. It's tyrannic. It's barbaric. Which other big English can I use? <laughs> it is uh, demonic. It is not of God. It's not of God. There are certain parts of Nigeria that a woman cannot hold land. The other part is the name of her brother or her husband. That will be broken in the name of Jesus. We see that in Numbers 27, verse 7. Now, the, the precursor to this was that. So, when these daughters, I mean, you, I mean may we have daughters that, that know who they are in God. May we have daughters that can stand before the Moseses of this world, before the great men, and demand what is right. May we stop raising timid slaves. We train our girls and say to them that the kitchen is your boundary. Or the other room. <laughs> it is so wrong. 
Praise the name of the Lord. So we see the daughters of Zelophehad to even get to, for, for, for girls, for ladies to, to even have an audience with, with Moses was a big deal. They stood up and they confronted what was written. Now, that may sound, even in today's time, back then, that was like a suicide mission. And they confronted Moses and they said, this is injustice. No, they had the law of God. Who gave the law? Who gave the law? Come on, come on. God gave the law through Moses. Right? But they said to Moses, this law is not right. And when they stood up and they confronted it, the seven says, <laughs> Moses now said, okay, 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 guys, wait, wait, wait. Let me ask God. Oh, God? This guy says that the thing that you say is hey, not correct. <laughs> I'm telling you, that was what went out. That was what happened. Now, when he asked God, listen to what God said to Moses. God said, What Zelophehad's daughter is saying is, is right. You, <laughs> you must certainly give them property as an inheritance among their fathers relatives and give their father's inheritance to them. Until you see, until you rise up, slavery persists. <laughs> Guys, even if I'm telling you, from these scriptures, it was God that said it, right? God permits some things because of the hearts of men. Like when Jesus was talking about divorce, he says it was, in the beginning, it was not so. Since it was because of the hardness of your heart that God says, okay, okay, if, if she has body odor, just give her a letter of divorcement. That's, 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 that's what? <laughs> but, but Jesus says, in the beginning, it was not so, except for infidelity. You can't do it. That's what Jesus was saying. That is God's order. So, the fact that something is established of God, and I've shared it before severally, you know, some people think that thus says the Lord is final. No, 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 no. Thus says the Lord is what God is saying. That's what is his heart. So, God has said something about you. If it's not favorable, go and change it. Uh, you know, it's like, some of us got it. Some of us, some of us are like, ah, that was, is that really? I'm telling you. <laughs> you know, to, I, it's as if I'm talking, right? I, as if I'm not even preaching, right? I'm just talking from my heart. But the, the, the bottom line is this. God has said something. God said it. It's him that said it. We look at it. We are like, this thing, God it doesn't pay your boys. How can we change this thing? God changes his mind. Take scriptures. God changes his mind. I'm not saying all the time. But when you have a strong point, God is a just God. There's a part of him that cannot do injustice. When you stand up, God will answer you. He will. He will. So I saw that the systems of injustice, even if they have been legislated, are waiting for the people that will rise up and change it. And wait, the, the systems of, the fact that something is law does not mean something is just. So there's a legal system and there's a justice system. You can clap a little. You can clap a little. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> so, the, 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 uh, this world operates a legal system. Heaven operates a justice system. The world tries to pitch their legal system as if it's a justice system. But you can bring the justice, which was, if you, if you understood the, the, the um, um, struggle of Martin Luther King Jr., 
There are so many things he did that were illegal based on the law that the people that want to keep slavery and, and segregation going had instituted. But he stood up and said, sorry, you have to change it. And it was changed. So many things will remain the same. First Corinthians 7.21 says to us, quickly, First Corinthians 7.21 says, are you a slave? Don't worry. Don't let that worry you. But, I was a but. If you get the chance to be free. <laughs> take it. I've adjusted, I've adjusted that. I've not adjusted the scriptures, but I've added something to it. You know, if you get the chance to be free suggests that you are waiting for an opportunity to be free. I'm saying, create the chance to be free. And take it. Take it. Uh, we need to, um, there's still a lot. But we need to draw the curtain. We need to, I'm committed to closing at eight. So, um, so we, we still have the strong in the Lord, fighting our flesh, our fight is not against flesh and blood. Put on the whole armor of God. I wish we could touch on that. But let's let's use that as homework. Is that okay? <laughs> okay. Uh, how many people say we should take a few minutes? To continue. Let me see your hands up. Okay, put it down. How many people say that we should stop now? Don't be don't be shy. Just say it. Just put your hands up. Okay, one person, two people. Okay, that, that's usually enough for me. Um, okay, we are gonna meet somewhere in the middle. So I'm gonna um let me see. If there's something that you must get from this, everything is vital actually. Okay, so what I'm gonna do is this. The remaining parts, I'm going to go into the office. I'm going to teach it. We're going to record this in the video. Okay? And <laughs> so <laughs> then you can watch the video if you choose to. We'll make it available for everybody. So you can go and watch the video as a continuation of this. Is, is that Okay. Okay, let's put us together for the Lord Jesus, for his word, his kindness, his mercy. Let's bow our hearts as we bow our No, before we bow our hearts and bow our heads, do we have any questions? Maybe one or two questions, then, then we close from there. Do you have any questions? This is the final part of the series, so we must take, um, accommodate if there are questions um, or not. I have a question. Shut up your hands. Can we see the hands? Okay. If there are no questions... Let's burn our hearts and let us, let us just talk to God about what we have heard. Let's, let's talk to him and let's bless him. Let's talk to him, let's bless him. Our Father, our God, our King, our Maker, our Redeemer, we thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Jesus, for your kindness. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you for your kindness. Now, I want to pray with you. If you're, if you're here, you're like, Pastor, I, I can't say I'm a saint. I'm not a saint. I need to become a saint. I need to be washed in the blood of the Lamb. I am not washed in the blood of the Lamb. Can you... Can you pray with me? Yes, I want to pray with you. Wherever you are seated, you don't need to come forward. In the privacy of your seat, I want to pray with you. Pastor, I need to be washed in the blood of the Lamb. Put up your hands now over your head. Quickly, you put up your hand, put up your hand well over your head and I will pray together. God bless you. Put it up. God bless you. Keep the hands up. God bless you. Keep the hands up. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. That is me. Pray with me. God bless you. And once you have the card, you can put down your hand and talk to God wherever you are. If you are online, the instructions are, are scrolling. The instructions are scrolling if you are online.
Oh, Father, we thank you. Lord, we pray for everyone that is surrendering to you today. We ask that you cleanse everyone in the blood of Jesus. Change these lives totally and let your name be glorified. We pray for all of us, Lord, the word we have studied, this word, they will do us good. They will set us free. They will bring total freedom in our lives. These words will not stand against us, Lord. And your name will be glorified. The grace to be doers of the word, not errors alone, give unto us. Honor and glory will be given to you. In Jesus' mighty name, we are afraid. Amen. Let's pray and for the Lord again. Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you. Oh.